12 days ago, I made a video documenting what I think Michigan football's weaknesses are entering the 2023 college football season. Today, what I want to do is take a peek at the opposite sideline of the game, the greatest sports rivalry in history, and talk about what I think Ohio State football's weaknesses will be and or could be for the 2023 college football season. I think that the defense, for sure, is the one that has the most skepticism directed toward it and has the most questions, along with offensive tackle. But offensive tackle is a specific unit on the field, and a lot of that has to that relates to returning production, what we've seen so far in the spring game, and Ohio State bringing in Josh Simmons to start at tackle along with Josh Fryer. But we'll get to that. What I want to talk about is what I think is the most obvious and the most pivotal question or series of questions, and that would be about Ohio State's defense. You know my thoughts on Ohio State's defense if you've consistently watched this channel. I think that Jim Knowles in year two is going to have a monster unit on his hands. JT Tuimolau, if he can have consistency, if he can consistently play at the level that he did against Penn State, or even just 50, 60, 70% of that, he will be an All-American or close to All-American caliber defensive end. At defensive tackle, you have great players in Michael Hall Jr., Ty Hamilton, Tyleek Williams, and a young beast in Tywone Malone. So four solid defensive tackles there. Jack Sawyer was a menace coming out of high school. Unfortunately, he was stuck in a jack position that is just unnatural for Big Ten play and his style of play as well last year. But Jim Knowles is moving away from that, so Jack Sir will be back in a more traditional defensive end role. And that's just the D-line. I could go through, and whether it's linebacker with Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Cody Simon, and C.J. Hicks. C.J. Hicks was a five-star coming out of high school, high-ceiling type player. Tommy Eichenberg, consistent first-team All-Big Ten, potentially All-American level linebacker. Probably is going to be the best in the Big Ten this season. Steel Chambers is another high-ceiling player. Or I could talk about secondary, which is where Ohio State was weak last season, but Denzel Burke has had good campaigns before. 2021 was a great season for him. Lathan Ransom, Josh Proctor, Cameron Martinez, Jihad Carter, and Sony Styles. These are great players at safety. And the corner spot opposite of Denzel Burke, Davison Igbenosin looks to start, and he was a freshman All-American at Ole Miss. So you know my thoughts. I'm very optimistic on Ohio State's defense entering year two of the Jim Knowles era. Larry Johnson's still recruiting phenomenally. Ohio State all around last year for its first 11 games looked like their defense completely made a turn. Last year, I thought that the defense would be in, at around a top 25, top 20 level, but that it would take longer than just one year for this to become an elite defense because, let's face it, his scheme is complex. He was coming from the Big 12 and before that the ACC, and the Big 10 is a lot. It's very different compared to the ACC and the Big 12. It's more similar to the SEC, and even then, to a certain degree, there are two different types of football that are played between those conferences, even. But the Big Ten and the SEC are the biggest 
best conferences. So knowing those things, I thought that it would take longer than one year. But for the first 11 games, it looked like I might have been wrong. Outside of the Penn State game, whether it was Notre Dame, whether it was, you know, Rutgers. I mean, those are teams that aren't great by any stretch of the imagination on offense. But the way the defense played looked night and day at times compared to the 2021 unit. The secondary was banged up. Denzel Burke just never really played well. But again, whether it was Notre Dame, who was preseason top five, or a team as low as Rutgers, or Wisconsin, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, the defense all in all, outside of a few busted big plays, mostly through the secondary, held its own and was able to shut down or at least limit Penn State's rushing attack, specifically Nicholas Singleton. The Maryland game... 30 points allowed, I know, but it was the game before the Michigan game. And even though I didn't think the defense was elite then, I thought that top 15, top 10 was a defense that combined with just Ohio State's lethality on offense that the team would fulfill my prediction of winning it all, which is what I predicted Ohio State would do in 2022. And against Michigan and Georgia, any suspicion in the Penn State game or the Maryland game was confirmed because the Buckeyes allowed 87 combined points against Michigan and Georgia. Michigan and Georgia, unlike Maryland, had top 10 scoring offenses. Michigan with 6 points per game, Georgia was 5th. So not even just top 10, but top 6. So final 4 for the playoff and the first 2 out type of offenses. Elite, near elite level offenses offenses that consistently scored around in or around 40 points per game and they did that against Ohio State Michigan and Georgia both had their greatest success through the air it kept Michigan in the game long enough for their ground game to eventually come through and even then Ohio State constantly struggled to cover Michigan's wide receivers without interfering with them and against Georgia Stetson Bennett did not have his greatest game, and yet he averaged above 10 yards per pass attempt. I think he averaged more than 11 or maybe even more than 12, and he still threw an interception and nearly threw two more because whether it was Lathan Ransom falling down, A.D. Mitchell getting wide open, Arian Smith had like two insanely long, not large, but you could also say large, long receptions that game, The defense in its biggest moments, specifically the secondary, was porous. It was the worst secondary in passing efficiency on defense in the college football playoff. Even worse than TCU's. And TCU's scoring defense was outside of the top 90. Yeah, that's right. Outside of the top 90. Ohio State's defense last year allowed 21 points per game, which was 24th. So... Top 25 defense, yes, but especially in the biggest of moments, it was not good. And that has to change. That is a definite question mark. It's it's definitely a potential weakness, even with the returning production for Ohio State and the, and the large amount of returning starters. That is a potential weakness yet again. We've seen this under Ryan Day 2020, 2021, and last year in 2022, outside of 2019, there has not been a year where Ohio State has fielded an elite or at least a consistent 
consistently elite defense. The consistency has been there for maybe a game or two or three, but it it rarely stays for a long streak, like let's say a whole season. In 2020 and last year, the secondary was bad. In 2021, the front seven was just inconsistent, little to no gap integrity, and against teams like Michigan, it, it looked to a certain degree like a mini version of Penn State versus Michigan in 2022, if you know what I mean, where Michigan could keep running and running and running. It was the same thing for Minnesota in 2021 and the same thing for Oregon. Oregon beating Ohio State in their own home that season, 35-28. to 28. So the defense, I just wanted to come out and just state that right there. I know that it's broad, and for the rest of this video, we're going to go more in-depth and get more specific with with positions, not just a general side of the football. But the defense is a massive question mark. That has to be put out there. I'm very optimistic with this defense. I think it will be top four nationally overall. I think that when it comes to stopping the run, especially with this defensive tackle room, if it can stay healthy, and Mike Hall being a, an excellent playmaker and player, I think that the run defense will be great. I think the pass defense, especially with Davis and Igbenosin being in there, challenging Denzel Burke, maybe getting him to play in his 2021 form, the secondary can be really good too. And it helps that Josh Proctor and Cameron Martinez and a lot of these experienced players decided to return instead of trying to shoot their shot in the 2023 NFL draft. So defense, I'd say if it's weak again, that's going to be the biggest one. And it's going to be obvious because Ohio State plays teams besides Michigan that are going to have great offenses, at least in my book. I think that Wisconsin is an example of this. I think that Penn State's offense all around will be better. I think that Minnesota, potentially Michigan State, Michigan State returns most of their offensive line, and they are healthy there this season. They've upgraded a tight end, running back, and arguably a quarterback. There are teams that will be able to take advantage of a weak backfield defensively or a weak front seven. Ohio State has many of those teams on their schedule. Michigan and Wisconsin, I think, definitely could take advantage of both of those. Penn State potentially could take advantage of both. Um, and there are other things, too, of course. That's mainly the defense, but we know outside of defense that offensive tackle, I'd say right now, would be the biggest concern and the most valid concern. And I think that's because you look at the spring game, you look at the vulnerability of having to bring in a San Diego State offensive lineman to start immediately, more likely than not, on your starting five on the offensive line. Offensive tackle's very vulnerable. You know, Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson Jr., fourth round and first round pick respectively, were goaded in college football. They were amazing last season. Ohio State's offensive line, in fact, last year made strides in year one. Big strides, I would argue, compared to the 2021 unit. After Greg Studwara was fired, Justin Fry, the offensive coordinator from UCLA, is brought in as the offensive line coach. And Ohio State, despite having a backfield that was plagued with injuries, compared to 2021 at least, Travian Henderson not healthy for the whole year, 
Mayan Williams, pretty much same thing. Meanwhile, Henderson was at least completely healthy for the entirety of 2021. And despite those things, and despite, you know, setbacks that occurred in 2022, and a new O-line coach, that, you know, it's a new, it's a new change. Staff continuity is important. Nicholas Petit-Fryer left that offensive line after 2021. And in 2022, some new starters, a new offensive line coach, and an injured running back room. And yet, Ohio State, in saying all of that, still averaged 12 more rushing yards per game. And that's including Xavier Johnson, Dallin Hayden, Chip Trainum, and an injured Travian Henderson and Mayan Williams. Guard play was better. Interior offensive line play with center Luke Whipler, who's also left the program, is better. And the pass protection was better. Ohio State did allow less sacks last year than they did in 2021. And the offense as a whole, that stayed up there still. It was second in points scored per game. It was still first in efficiency, which is a trend that has continued since 2021. We'll see if that trend continues yet again in 2023. All in all, Ohio State's offense was the best offense in the country still, and the offensive line and Justin Fry were a huge part of that. But now things are different. The interior offensive line with Donovan Jackson and, and Matthew Jones and new starting center looks to be Carson Hinsman, a redshirt freshman. That should be elite. And Ohio State's run game, especially up the middle, like halfback dives and running up the middle with Henderson and or Williams if they're healthy, this should be one of the best run games in college football. In fact, I think because of the level of interior offensive line play, and running backs, if they're healthy, it will be a better run game than what Penn State currently has. It could be a better run game than what Michigan has. It could be. I still think Michigan's run game is better, but if an injury occurs and for Michigan and Ohio State stays healthy, or maybe with just the raw talent that both of those programs have, depending on how they play their cards, Ohio State could have the best rushing attack on the interior in college football. The question is offensive tackle. And also, it could be offensive center as well. That's a potential weakness. But I think Carson Hinsman, supported by two elite guards in Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones, I think he'll be just fine. So offensive tackle is definitely an area to watch. Again, the starting the starting offensive tackles projected by rlads.com, Josh Simmons on the right and Josh Fryer on the left. Simmons is a redshirt sophomore transferring in from San Diego State, and Josh Fryer is a redshirt junior. Donovan Jackson is a redshirt sophomore, and Matthew Jones is a graduate. So Carson Hinsman looks to be the youngest member of the offensive line, so that's an area to look out for. But again, I think that interior is just going to be really strong, very mature as well. Going back to the defense, corner, safety, just defensive back, secondary, period, amen. Linebacker with Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers is set. It's totally set. For defensive back, I would focus more on corner than I would safety. Because you look at safety for Ohio State, Josh Proctor is a veteran. Lathan Ransom should be one of the better safeties in the Big Ten. Cameron Martinez has had his playing time and his starts and has contributed significantly. Corner is not just younger. It's not just younger than safety, but Denzel Burke was 
putting it in a kind way. He was just bad last year and, and awful compared to 2021. Could not cover. He could not cover. And Ohio State consistently, especially in big games, against Michigan, against Georgia, and this is for the secondary as a whole, they could not cover one-on-one wide receivers with any kind of speed. Cornelius Johnson and Arian Smith, for example, the two wide receivers that really burned the Buckeyes in the game and in the Peach Bowl, they're nice, they're good, they're maybe great wide receivers. They're not elite. They're not Marvin Harrison Jr. They're not Emeka Igbuka. They're not Roma Dunze from Washington. They're not Xavier Worthy from Texas. They're good, great wide receivers. And yet Cornelius Johnson could not be covered without being interfered with by a secondary that is full of highly recruited players. So, and that also, it goes to show overall, not just for those two games, especially for those two games, but in other games as well. The Penn State game, Parker Washington breaking a tackle and and taking it to the house, Keandre Lambert-Smith being wide open, and Parker Washington continuing to make big plays, mossing Ohio State secondary players at times as well. Great wide receivers, not just elite ones, were able to look like prime NFL players against this secondary. And it showed statistically. The defensive backroom was in the lower half of all FBS teams in defensive passer, passer efficiency. So that has to improve. That's an area that could be a weakness. Again, like my video on Michigan's weaknesses, these are potential weaknesses. We don't know if they will be or if they will, won't be until the games are played on Saturdays. These are just hypotheticals, theoreticals, but based on past history and roster talent and where the weak links in the chain are. And for Ohio State, it's offensive tackle specifically, but it could also be the offensive line because Losing a starting center always hurts. It could be defensive back as a whole, but especially looking at corner and Denzel Burke, it could be the defense in its entirety. Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolau, I'm expecting, will make huge strides, and I think the defensive tackle room will be healthier and better, and linebacker will be great like it was last year, except even better because both their amazing starters return. But that could be a whole weakness in and of itself. Some other potential weaknesses include quarterback experience, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, neither of whom have been a starter for a whole season for the Ohio State Buckeyes. McCord will be a junior, and Devin Brown will be a redshirt freshman. Kyle McCord looks to be the starter, but Devin Brown and him are competing, and that quarterback battle, as I've stated in a previous video, that could go in to the season because Ohio State has a few cupcake games to warm up before they take the road in South Bend against Notre Dame. Running back health, another potential weakness. Mayan Williams, for I think two years in a row now, has had a very high ceiling, but also a very low floor. And the very low floor isn't in regards to on-the-field play, it's whether he's healthy or not. When he's on the field and when he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in America. The question is, can he be consistently healthy? Can he get consistent touches? That's a potential weakness. And seeing how Travion Henderson went down last year, we'll see how he recovers. Those are That's just an area to look out for, for concern. 
Dallin Hayden, I think, is a great running back, will be an NFL running back at some point, and then Chip Trainum and Xavier Johnson and Evan Pryor. Johnson's a longtime wide receiver with the program who at moments did fill in at running back in like a Swiss Army Knife role. Also caught a few passes and touchdowns for Ohio State last year, and he's coming back. So the running back room's deep, but the two best players are the ones that have had health issues over the past season for Henderson, two seasons for Williams. And I think Williams, at when he's healthy, is the better running back than Travian Henderson. So that makes this an even bigger deal. And finally, team preparation against Michigan is something else as well. Ryan Day in 2019 just kicked Michigan's butt. The big house was full of red and full of Ohio State fans by the fourth quarter. Broke Michigan that year. Ever since he said he was going to hang 100 on Michigan, though, Michigan has turned around the favor and 42 plus 45. That's the score of the 2021 game that Michigan hung. And the 2022 game, Michigan has returned the favor And they have scored 87 points. They only need 13 more to get to 100. And they'll probably score 13 more for this 2023 season. And that's just to to say that he's 1-2 against Michigan. He's 31-0 against every other Big Ten team except for Michigan. And he's lost to Michigan by double digits for two years in a row. The only other team that Ryan Day has lost to by double digits, the only other team is Alabama in 2020. He lost to Georgia by a point and dominated them for three quarters this past season, the Peach Bowl, the 15-0 Georgia Bulldogs against Oregon. That was a loss by a touchdown in 2021. In 2019, lost to Clemson by six points in a very back-and-forth game that Ohio State dominated for about the first quarter and a half, two quarters. So Ryan Day, it seems to me, has a problem with preparing for Michigan. We'll see if this is rectified this season as well. Um, What are my thoughts on all of this? My thoughts specifically, and I've said a lot of them already, but I think that the Buckeyes will have one of the best interior offensive lines in the country, and they will be elite at offensive guard. Offensive tackle, I think, is the biggest weakness of the offense, and I actually think it will be the biggest weakness of this entire team. Every other position that we've talked about, I'm fairly optimistic about. And despite the fact that in my bold predictions video, part one, I made the prediction that Michigan will beat Ohio State twice, once in Ann Arbor, once in the national championship game, I do have some optimism for Ryan Day's preparation for Michigan. I think the game in Ann Arbor will be closer than it has been the past two seasons, and I think that Ohio State has a solid chance of going up to Ann Arbor and beating Michigan. And in my bold prediction, I made the prediction, too, that whoever wins in Ann Arbor will likely rematch, and not just rematch, but the winner of the game in Ann Arbor will also win against their biggest rival in the national championship game. So if Ohio State goes up to Ann Arbor and beats Michigan, I think that they would beat Michigan in that rematch in the national championship game. And if they do that, or if they're just an elite team this season, which I think they will be, the interior offensive line is going to be a huge part of this, especially guard play. 
I'm optimistic about running back health, but even if the running backs aren't perfectly healthy, and that's hard at the running back position, say Mayan Williams or Travian Henderson is on and off for the year. What happened last year for Ohio State at running back is an outlier. It's very rare that your two best running backs, even your best running back, is that hurt and that, you know, kind of last minute decision type of health for the whole year. That's rare. That's an anomaly. I don't think it'll be that way for Ohio State for the second year in a row. And if it is, there's some major strength and conditioning concerns. But that interior offensive line play with Matthew Jones, Donovan Jackson, Travian Henderson was a 1,000-yard rusher plus in 2021. Mayan Williams nearly had 15 rushing touchdowns and nearly had 1,000 rushing yards. And he had a high yards per carry. I think he averaged around like six yards per carry in 2022, which is crazy. Very good running back. And Travian Henderson, when healthy, is amazing, especially when he is in space. You can't catch him. He's fast. He's shifty. And this offensive line will open up holes for him on the interior. And it will be the same thing for Mayan Williams. Offensive tackle, to go back to them, um, we will see. If it improves, we'll see if it's even a weakness to begin with. Again, spring games, spring practice, they don't tell you nearly as much as the first one or two games do. And Indiana does have some solid defensive talent, so I think that we'll know more about Ohio State's offensive line and offense period than some other Big Ten offenses. But I think offensive tackle will be a consistent weakness especially early in the season, whether it improves after that or not, only time and only Saturdays will tell. As a result of staff continuity and incoming transfers, the defensive back core will be near elite. Denzel Burke will return to hit near, at least near his 2021 level of play, if not at that level of elite play. I think Davis and Igbenosin will immediately come out and be one of the Big Ten's better corners. At safety, Lathan Ransom, Josh Proctor, Cameron Martinez, Jahad Carter, and don't forget Kai Stokes or Sony Styles. It's going to be a deep safety room. That safety room has Power 5, not just standard Power 5, but high, mid-level Power 5 starters at the 2-deep. And it's a great compliment. And the starting corners have an extremely high ceiling. Again, we've seen Denzel Burke play at a very high level. Davison Igbenosin was a freshman All-American in the SEC, and now he's coming to Ohio State to learn from high-quality NFL-level coaches on the defensive side of the ball who've been there for more than a year, and staff continuity is its so huge. It's another reason why I think Michigan will win it all this season is they kept Sharon Moore and they kept, they kept Jesse Minter, and I think that's going to help Michigan, the staff continuity, returning production. And Ohio State has that staff continuity. And while they don't have a top five ranking in returning production like Michigan does, they've recruited at a much higher level than Michigan has over the past several seasons. And, and basically forever, Ohio State has out-recruited Michigan in a sense. So Ohio State, I think, with the talent they have on deck— they have elite potential practically everywhere. And at quarterback, they're going to be set. They're going to be elite at quarterback out of the gate. And something that Ohio State has at quarterback is not a health concern. And even if 
Kyle McCord goes down or whether the starter's Devin Brown, the backup will be able to come in and it will be like nothing changed. Nothing changed. Caleb Williams goes down at USC. You think Miller Moss is going to replace him? Miller Moss will be good, but no. There will be a significant decline in level of play. Um, Not Georgia, Alabama, but they won't have the same ceiling of talent and same ceiling of play that Ohio State does. Michigan, if J.J. McCarthy goes down, whether it's Alex Orgy or Davis Warren, there will be a drop-off in play on offense and in the passing game. Same with Penn State, same with Wisconsin, same with basically every Big Ten team. The only other schools, Power Five, that I can just name off the top of my head that wouldn't have a drop-off at quarterback play overall if their starter got injured would be Georgia, Alabama, and Kansas, I think. Those would be one of those would be a part of the handful of the few teams that their starting quarterback could get hurt, and it wouldn't really impact their season, at least in the long run, if the backup can come in and quickly acclimate to the situation and adapt. Kansas, Jalen Daniels is elite. I don't think Carson Beck or Jalen Milrow, who I think is starting for the tide this year, will be elite. So Ohio State has an elite level of play for both their starter and their backup, and that's going to help a lot. Kyle McCord last year threw for 190 yards, a touchdown, and he had a 77.6 QBR, a 176.3 passer rating. In 2021, he started one game against Akron, where C.J. Stratt was rested, and after he rested that game, he went from being a good to great quarterback to being an elite quarterback and the best passing quarterback, potentially, in Ohio State history. So, I think with the reputation Ryan Day has established, and Kyle McCord's learned under C.J. Stroud, a greatest of all time tier level of college quarterback, in my opinion, the Buckeyes will be safe there. Finally is, Michigan has carefully nurtured their roster and scheme to be Ohio State's kryptonite. So it's going to be a challenge every year from here on out, I think, with the way Ohio State's built and also the way that Michigan's built. That game is going to be challenging. What Michigan did last season to a degree, I don't even expect to see the Wolverines do in the next decade. We'll see if I'm wrong about that. But Michigan has been able to compensate for their lack of talent and somehow through their scheme, and I think it's the offensive line, I think it's running the football. It's also Ben Herbert. I think Michigan straight up has a better strength and conditioning program. Through those things, they have been able to, they no, they no longer have to recruit on Ohio State's level to beat them. Maybe if they want to win at all, they have to recruit on that level. If they want to be a consistent playoff contender and win more playoff games than just what I think they'll do this season, but if they just want to beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten, they can do what they're doing right now and not change unless someone forces them to change. Just what they've done in the locker room, the weight room, and on the field. It's going to be a challenge, but Ryan Day is the roster, and he himself has the coaches, and he himself has his brain and his mind and his elite coaching ability that I think could win him a game, the game, in Ann Arbor. So... Ohio State football, much like Michigan football, these weaknesses may all be null and void. Both of these teams have the potential to be 
15 and 0 win it all. Ohio State has the level of talent every year to be in contention for the greatest team of all time if they play their cards right. So thank you very much for watching this video. If you liked it, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. Tell me what you think in the comments down below, what you think are some of Ohio State's biggest weaknesses. Give me two or three of them if you can. I'll catch you all later. Bye-bye.